Hey there, this is episode number 23 of the Courage Cast. My name is Andrea Crisp, and today I have a very special guest. And spoiler alert, it's my very first male guest. Yes, I'm thrilled to be chatting with two-time Juno Award-winning singer-songwriter Greg Sabell about how he has navigated the industry. And our conversation is so rich and full, and we talk about how we need to hold our dreams loosely and relax our grip on what we've been given so that we can actually walk out our full gift with purpose and intentionality. You're listening to The Courage Cast, a show to equip and empower women to live bravely. Each week, we'll share real stories of influential women who are willing to face their fear and pursue their purpose. Here's your host, Andrea Crisp, life coach, author, and your secret weapon. It's the new year, and it's time to kick your dreams into high gear. Maybe you spent a good part of last year making excuses why you can't take the step of courage needed to bring your dreams to life. Now, it's not like you lack talent or ability, but maybe you need a surge of confidence to finally break through to the next level. Let's talk about how you can move past the negative ticker tape in your mind so that you can finally walk out your purpose with confidence and intentionality. So schedule your free 30-minute strategy session with me by going to andreacrisp.ca forward slash schedule. Okay, friends, I'm over the moon excited for our guest today. As a two-time Juno award-winning singer-songwriter, my guest today has had a successful career in the music industry. His single, Till the Sun Burns Out, topped the charts here in Canada, garnering him recognition throughout the music industry. He hails from BC, but jumps between LA, Nashville, and Toronto. If the smooth tones of his voice don't immediately win you over, then his personality is sure to. My friend, who I affectionately refer to as 84, is the very first male guest to be part of the Courage Cast, and I couldn't think of anyone I would rather have. So get ready, because our conversation is going to inspire you like never before. So without further ado, here is my friend, Greg Sabell. So Greg, I am so thrilled to have you on the Courage Cast. It's actually the craziest thing because you are going to be my very first male guest here. So I want to say thank you for joining <laughs> me. You. People might be um, totally shocked that I'm having a guy on, but there is good reason why that I decided to ask you. And I'm so, so thrilled that you said yes. So thank you for being here. I appreciate Thanks that. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, I'm honored. Thank you very much. And I, I'm going to tell uh, the audience here just a second how we met. But before we do that, can you just like maybe tell us who you are, what you mm-hmm. do, what you're passionate about? Totally. Well, um, my name is Greg Sabell. I am originally from out west. I grew up in a small town near Kelowna, BC called Salmon Arm. And um, yeah, I lived there off and on for a bit, um, started into a music career right out of high school. So I went into music right after graduating and had a two-year goal to do it. And if it didn't work out, then I go to university and get a real job, whatever that is. And, um, <laughs> and it's been about 15 years and I'm still, I still don't have a real job. So I guess, I guess it's working out. Um, but yeah, I've, I've been doing music full time. Um, I, for the first 10 years, did most of like Christian pop. I toured a lot of churches and, um, you know, just worked in that genre. 
And um, around 2011, I just kind of got burnt out and I was just creatively tired of, of the music I was making and just like it wasn't, I wasn't excited about it anymore. And um, I think I, I appreciate that genre for a specific purpose, but for me as a creative, I felt like the box was just so small um, sonically and, you know, just the things that you can sing about, all that stuff. I'd rather have just be, I'd rather be just a Christian person. <laughs> yeah. And the, the just things, songs, you know? So that was kind of 2011, I made that shift, um, took a break from music, moved to Nashville, um, almost signed a record deal, and then that fell apart. The label was not in good shape, and so I walked away and, um, and then moved back to BC, stayed with my folks, and I was like, my life is ending. Like, I'm back in my parents' house, my childhood bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> this is 20, 2013, probably now. Um, and there's been many times, like every, probably every like four years, something big has kind of happened in my career where it's been like, oh, this is, this is the moment. This is like, you know, where like it peaks um, and you think it's going to pop off and go crazy. And I've been really blessed. I have, I have had a lot of amazing opportunities. Um, but every time those moments came, it was like something happened and they just, it just like dried up right away. And so for me, I kind of came to, there was a point where I, uh, I just released a single to radio in, back in Canada, just kind of, you know, nonchalantly. I didn't have a lot of expectation. I was just like, oh, whatever, I'll just release this. And within a week and a half, it broke top 40 radio across Canada. Um, and so that kind of was like this new, this new season, this new phase that I didn't see coming um, that, had, that was really exciting. And that's kind of where I'm at now, so. So I actually heard that single on the radio and, you know, this is the crazy part of like how I got to know who you are because my brother actually approached me one day and he said, have you heard this song? And he was telling me who you were and had I heard it. And of course I had heard it um, and I had not, I did not know you, but he was convinced that he's like, okay, Andrea, I swear this guy must be a Christian because of the lyrics of his song. Now, my brother doesn't go to church or anything. So I was like, how would you know? Like, what does, you know, what does this even mean? And he would not stop talking about it. And this is before I actually met you. So he um, Googled it. He Googled you. He showed me. And that was kind of the end of that piece. But it wasn't, but like maybe a month later, you came to the church that I go to, which um, you were living in Toronto for a while. And I met you. And one day I put the pieces together that you were the same guy who had put that single out on the radio. <laughs> and I was like, I thought to myself, this is the craziest thing ever, because how would I have just come across your song being introduced by my brother and then all of a sudden, there you are. And I'm like, so I went back to him, like, Clay, you're never going to believe this. Remember the guy you were telling me about? Well, he is a Christian, and I met him today. <laughs> and so it was pretty crazy because um, that kind of started uh, us getting to know each other. And so you were 
like in a weird way already on my radar prior to actually me meeting you without even knowing. So I will probably never forget that as long as I live. And yeah, just how it, it kind of showed me too, like how your, whatever you're singing about or the spirit within you is translating without you even knowing it. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, and so it was interesting to me that, and so my brother is obviously a huge fan. He does not know that I'm interviewing to you today. So, um, he will, he's probably not listened to my podcast. This may be the first episode he listens <laughs> to. <laughs> so this is for you, Clayton. So <laughs> I hope you're listening. So I, I wanted to talk with you. Um, you've had an amazing career. You've just put out a few more singles, um, which are unbelievable and you're actually you. going to get ready to go on tour in the new year and mm -hmm. so that's really exciting so mm -hmm. tell us like what what's happening in your life right now like what are you doing what's on the horizon for you in february we started a nationwide tour so that's the, my first headlining tour in seven years so um it's it's about time to do that again so um so yeah i'm really excited it's it's, it's been um been a bit of a process to get here i was in la last year writing for this album um it's been about six six months writing between nashville and la and um and finally we're at a place where it's all coming together and it's, it's done so um feels really good yeah so you mentioned that about 15 years ago you kind of started into the industry and you were like okay like I give myself two years and then if this doesn't pan out, I'm getting a real job, which I totally relate to. But here you are 15 years in. What has that been like for you to actually have stayed in the game this long? And like, what, what things do you have to deal with on an ongoing basis because of that? Yeah. Um, well, I think that every, like, every two or three years, you, for me, I hit this kind of this moment where I'm like, still in it? Am I still doing this? Is this, is this worth it? Um, because it's hard. It's like, I, I think a career in music is one of those ones where it, like, it seems easy enough, but to be part of that, you know, top 5% that are actually making a, a, a you know, a substantial income doing music, uh, it's, it's really hard to break into that. Um, but for me, I mean, the way that I kind of, the way that I arrive at the conclusion that I'm still in it and still in the game is, is it's in my heart to do. It's just, it's, it's, you can't really stop that when you wake up and you, that's what you want to do. Um, I feel like in, in a lot of ways that creative drive to create music and to create moments for people and experiences in live shows and all that stuff. Um, it's, it's very much a part of my DNA. And so so until that like goes away, I don't think I'll stop anytime soon. Mm -hmm. um, but it may change in a way where it's like, okay, I'm done the artist thing. I want to help other people. I want to like help them write songs and help them tell their stories. And and um, yeah, I think I think that's I could see things kind of parlaying into another area where where it's still music, but it's it's not uh, trying to build an artist career. Um, because that, it, that's, it's a lot of work. It's, and not that I'm afraid of work, but it's, it's also very expensive. <laughs> yeah. So. You know, it's interesting that you say that because it reminds me like in my career, like thinking back to when I was younger and starting out and where, where I thought I would be now. Mm 
mm-hmm. is definitely not where I am today. So, mm-hmm. um, and kind of reinventing the person I am. Um, mm-hmm. But also, I feel like I know myself that there's been like a thread woven through all the way through that yeah. is the same. Like it, it's not, sure. it's not different than it was before. It just looks like I'm doing something different. Yeah. Is that, mm-hmm. is that the same for you? Like, do you feel that in your career and in your life? Yeah, for sure. I think that like, you know, when I was younger, when I was like 10, I, I had like a vision of what my life would look like now. And to a certain extent, it still does look that way. But um, I think once you get in the industry and you see the way that it works behind the scenes and all that stuff, I think that you get a, a pretty quick like dose of reality and, and, um, and it can be disheartening sometimes. But for me, again, I go back to like, okay, I, when I wake up in the morning, this is what I want to do. And so it's burning in my, in my soul to do. And so I need to just do that until, until I'm at a place where I don't feel that anymore. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, you know, as far as my relationship with God goes, I think that's also one of those things where it's like, I've had to ask myself the question a couple of times, like, if I quit today, would I feel like I'm dishonoring him? Yeah. Um, because this is what he made me for, you know, or this is, these are, this is one of the things that he created in me. And so if I quit, would it be dishonoring to him or would it be, would he be okay with it? And I kind of still, I still feel like now the story isn't done yet. The story isn't written. How do you feel like you'll know, like, okay, it's time to change directions. Um, well, this earlier this year, actually, I hit a bit of a wall and it wasn't that it was time to change directions, but it was a time to, to diversi- diversify my investments of my time. Mm-hmm. Um, because I had put all of my eggs in the music bas- basket, um, which was good on one hand, but like I said before, it's like, it's a very cost effect, a cost, there's a lot of costs involved with having a music career that are really high. And so, um, I just hit a bit of a wall and I was like, I, you know, I, I can't just put all of my time and finances into this one career path, hoping that it'll pop off. I need to take care of myself too and take care of just like, you know, basic living needs. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cause I've essentially lived out of a suitcase for the last like, I don't know, five years. Um, and that starts to wear on you after a while. And so, um, so yeah, so I started doing another business on the side, doing some marketing stuff and just started doing some other things that came supernaturally to me just as a way to kind of like, you know, I was kind of, my hand was kind of forced. I, ne- I needed to try something else. And that actually, the moment where I was like, okay, I love music. I'm starting to, I'm starting to despise it because it's, it's, you know, I'm investing everything and I'm not getting as much back as I wish I was. Um, it was actually really good for me to like loosen my grip on it and be like, Hey, I'm going to take a break from it for a second. I'm going to do this other work. Um, where, you know, I, I work on a project for a couple hours a day or like for a whole week, I get a paycheck. That's like, I know I'm getting a paycheck at the end of the week. Yeah. Like that's, that's just having some stability in that sense, um, was really good for me. And just really made me appreciate music more too. Um, so it's not that I, 
I think you just know when it's time to kind of like switch things up and just like loosen your grip a bit and, and maybe go down a different path or go in a different direction. You'll, you'll just know. Um, and it's hard, but I think it's also a process. I think it's take it, it took me, you know, probably a year or two to get to that point where I was willing to look at other jobs um, and look to look at other means of making a living outside of music. And now I don't, music is still, it still pays the bills, but I don't have to stress so much about whether it is going to or not that month, right? I can focus on other work and if, if music brings in some income this month, cool. If it doesn't, whatever, I can still create and I, st- and I can still love it and I can still, you know, enjoy the, the process. I feel like that's probably something that many creatives probably wrestle with is mm-hmm. the feeling of like, I've got to do this in order to make money. I have to do this in order to earn a living or uh, even just be validated. Mm-hmm. So whether it's making a lot of money or just be validated or what if people start thinking this of me if I'm not doing this yeah. and, and you almost get to a point where you can lose your love for it and you do almost resent totally it and you yeah. resent the fact that you have to do it. Yeah. And totally. um, yeah, so that sounds like a, a pretty interesting place to be. Mm-hmm. How did you navigate it? Um, I mean, <laughs> Some days is not pretty, and then other days, I think just after a while, to be honest, just letting, just giving it time and working through it and thinking about it, and and um, yeah, I think it was just it was just a, it was it was just time. I think I I came to the point where I saw okay, this is what I love to do, but I don't, I'm not loving it right now. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to risk that. It's too special to me. I don't want to be that like bitter, like guy that, you know, <laughs> that uh, has all these stories about the music industry. And, you know, I want to, I want to protect this. I want to protect this gift and the way that I feel about it. And so I think there was that point where I just kind of was like, okay, I need to put, give this a break. I need to um, step away from it just for my own sanity and for my own, I mean, you know with with music too it's like when you are trying to make a living from it then you start to write it out of a different place you're like okay i gotta write this song it's gotta be a top 10 single it's gotta pay the bills it's gotta like fund my career and so you're starting to write from a very restrictive place rather than i just want to make music you know i'm like i think the music fans can hear that i think they can hear if it's manufactured or not um so i just for the sake of my career and the sake of of my love for music, I just had to take a break from it and step away from it and, and um, find something else so that I could come back and love it again. I feel like that is a huge step of courage. Like that is bravery at its best because it's, it's giving it um, space to grow and also space to like, okay, well, you know, you can hear, you know, if you love something, set it free. And if it comes mm-hmm. back to you like that, yeah. you know, that whole thing. Uh, I know that sounds a little bit cheesy, but you know, no, sometimes think, it is, that's the case. Like you totally. have to let something go. And, and I remember one time, one of my mentors saying to me, Andrea, you know, like you can have a gift or you can have a reason you want to do something, but the moment you have that death grip on it and you fear losing it will be, um, 
it will be the hardest place in your life. Mm -hmm. But that when you can let go of the grip and release it, it almost is like there's a freedom that just comes from it, Mm -hmm. which, which I love. What would you say like now in your life you would be most willing to fight for? Most willing to fight for. Oof. Andrea, dropping these, these <laughs> questions. Um, I think for me, like the last year, I've been in a lot of songwriting rooms with a lot of people. And you write, you're writing with people that have, everyone has experiences that are all across the board. So, you know, some people... Um, are really cheerful, really. Some are really have this darkness about them. Some are really sad, whatever. And some have great relationships with their families, with friends, all that stuff. But like, we're all so different and our experiences are so different. And I think for me, the thing that I'm most willing to fight for is hope and just preserving that sense of hope that no one is, is too messed up you know that no one is too like has is too broken or too worn out or too whatever um because the more people that i get to know and the more that i hear their stories especially in a songwriting session where you get pretty vulnerable pretty fast um you just start to see that like no one is just born that way you know no one is just like born um with a sense of of you know, being sad or broken or lonely or whatever, like we all go through stuff and we've all had stuff on our journey that has affected where we are now. And when you start to unpack that, it's like, oh man, like you are so different than me, but we're the same person. I can see myself in in your journey. I can see the decisions you made and I can see why you made them. Even if I wouldn't agree with them, I could have been this exact same person. And so I think going through that and seeing that and just I think yeah I think I'm at a point now where music's cool um but I think if I can use music to bring hope to people and to to um whether that's just behind the scenes and it's just me and them in a writing session or in the songs that I write or whatever I think um it doesn't have to be on a platform it can be behind the scenes and Mm -hmm. um but yeah, I just, I know the journey that I've had to go through to get me here and that I had to hold on to hope and I had people that I could rely on and I want to fight for that and the people that are in my life. It becomes like the avenue for which you can steward what you've been given, mm-hmm. which um, I think it takes, a, it takes a long time to get to that place and yeah. to understand that to because i hear a lot of times like people will talk to me about you know i just want to be doing you know what i feel gifted to do or called to do and and a lot of the times you know they they'll say well i'm not doing it so i don't feel purposeful and my answer to that a lot is you know you're still filled with purpose even if you're not doing it because yeah. what you have to give is not the gift mm-hmm. the gift so. is just a byproduct of of what's inside of you, which for you is like allowing people to know and see that there is hope that Mm -hmm. they don't have to live maybe the way they're living or the choices they've made don't define them. There is another way. There is something better, which is amazing. Yeah, totally. If people could, 
I think if people could just even get that, mm -hmm. I think that would set people free from striving so hard to achieve what they feel like, okay, I've got to get to this point. I've got to make this, um, this is my goal. And if I don't get it, then I'm going to be disappointed. And it's so much more about the journey than it is about arriving somewhere. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I, I think I can relate to that. I totally found significance in music. That was something where like, and growing up, I was always the youngest in the school that I went to. I was the youngest in my group of friends. Um, <clears throat> and in a lot of ways, I kind of felt um, kind of like I didn't fit in. Like I didn't, I grew up in a town that was like, you know, small town. All the boys liked to skateboard. And I was the one like making power ballads. So I never really felt like I like fit really well. And I also felt like kind of invinci invisible. And so music was the one thing where it's like, I felt significant. I felt like when I'm on stage, this is what I do and I do it really well and people can't help but notice it. And it's been such a journey to get to a place where again prying it from my hands and being like i don't need this to be significant this is just something that i do but it took a long time to get to that point where where i didn't find so much of my value my worth wrapped up in what i did um because that's just so much pressure yeah <laughs> and um yeah and that's at the end of the day i mean there's a lot of people that have great music careers or great careers as as um, actors or whatever like whatever you're and we read their autobiographies and we're like you're a terrible person yeah <laughs> and it's like I don't know if I want to be significant in that way I want to I, I would rather be significant significant in people's lives in the ways that are unseen than just having uh, you know a platform so it's been an interesting journey of dissecting that and 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 coming to terms with the fact that I, yeah my 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 significance and my value is not any less if you take away from music yeah that's so true i work with um a lot of female emerging artists or creatives um yeah people just kind of getting into the industry and um one of the things that we talk about a lot is is the platform that you have and what you're going to do with it yeah. And um, I think that is a big conversation that I don't think we address probably enough mm -hmm. is, you know, it's, it, it is, you know, you can have as much or as little influence as you want, Yeah. but it's what you do with it that really matters. And I'm, I'm constantly um, like, I'm very, very curious about people's lives. And so even in celebrity culture, like, you know, it's something for me that I'm, super, super fascinated by. But I have to say yeah. that celebrity culture, I also like prison culture. So <laughs> I kind of go back and forth. I know it's a weird thing, but like I'm wow. very fascinated by how, why people do what they do yeah. and how it, what is that motivates them towards that. And so it's interesting to me because I see, like you mentioned, you could have the most amazing career or successful career in the, in the eyes of the world and mm -hmm. be unhappy be unfulfilled, have relationships that tank. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's like, well, I'm so glad that I was um, successful because what 
came of this. Yeah. And is it like, you know, and we, we tend to put a lot on like, well, the art that they created, you know, came out of this troubled place and blah, 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 which is okay. That's one thing. And I get that. Mm-hmm. But in the same way, it's kind of like, who is the person and, and what value do they hold and they carry throughout that process? Yeah. And I don't know that we put enough um, emphasis on that or really, really regard people over creativity. Yeah. Totally. Which, you know, um, getting to that place and understanding it is like, I think is huge. If you were like to say that you wanted something in your life to impact others, you know, you mentioned hope being kind of like what you would love to fight for, but is there something that you want people to know that you could leave through everything you do, who you are, your music, all that? Um, another good one. I need some time. Let me think. Um, <laughs> I'm always here. I'm always here with the questions, Greg. I, I've got, I've got more where that comes from. <laughs> okay. One more time. Run the question about me one more time. Okay. If you were to impact, uh, leave an, a legacy, impact the world with like one thing, one message, like what would you want that to be? I think that I would, I think it would fall in line with the, with the hope message from before, but I think, it would be that you belong. I think that belonging is so important. And I think when we get a sense of the fact that we belong, it's like so fundamental. It's so, everything else kind of stems from that. Cause if you feel like you don't belong, then you're going to make choices because of that, you know? But if you feel like I'm loved, I'm needed, I'm like necessary, I'm a part of this, this planet earth i need to be here right now um you know all of my quirks and like all the all that stuff too like it's it's all it's all needed it's all it's all a part of like creating balance in the world that we live in and so we all have a part to contribute and i think making people realize like you know that you're not overlooked i think because i felt that way when i was younger i think that's something that is so important to me now is that, that, uh, yeah, that you, you matter and you, and you're not overlooked and you, you belong. And you, I think when people find that and come to that conclusion and really believe it about themselves, it's such a powerful thing. It's something it, that's the kind of stuff that, that can turn around neighborhoods that are, you know, devastated. That's the thing that can, can change um even tension between countries which we're talking about like all the wars going on and i think a lot of that is is just miscommunication and not like actually listening to each other it's just a mm-hmm. bunch of um just a bunch of noise um but i think that sense of belonging and that sense of like understanding that you you we need you here for this time on earth i think that's a, a big a really big um it's really important, a really important uh, belief to come to. I think that is so powerful. And people hearing that, that they, they do matter, that their life matters, mm-hmm. is, is huge, is huge. Mm-hmm. Is, now, 
I suppose there's probably some amazing people who've invested into your life along the way. And um, I know, because I know you, that you've got some amazing um, females in your life, friends and people who've invested into you. If you were to like, say, like maybe give me two um, or even your top one, doesn't matter, females that probably have displayed the most courage and invested into your life, who would you say they are? Ooh, um, so many, to be honest. Um, there have been a lot of women in my life that have encouraged me and been courageous in spite of adversity. And, and but I think like number one is my mom. Um, she's just, <laughs> she and I are, are very similar, very similar personalities. But is also, she a nine on the Enneagram? No, she's okay. definitely the helper. So, okay. <laughs> but, but yeah, my mom is like, she's like this quiet giant. Like she's not, she's not the person that she, she doesn't like big like parties and she's not like gregarious and like loud and boisterous. She is like, she's the wallflower. She, she shines at one-on-one conversation with people and, um, and I think about like when she, when she married my dad, it kind of blows my mind, but they had, they met and like six months later got married. So wow. they like didn't really have much of a friendship even. Um, and my dad came from a very conservative, um, lots of rules, kind of that kind of background. So, you know, they didn't celebrate Christmas. There's no Christmas trees and the woman in the church didn't wear makeup and all this stuff. And my mom was like honorable, but she was also like, she, I think she saw through all that stuff and it was, and it was not like, she's like, that's not me. And so she still wore makeup and she was the only girl that wore makeup in the church. And she still like strung up lights on the banisters and, and she challenged those things. And fast forward to, to my dad's family now, and none of those rules are in place. Everyone is, is, they're living their best lives in the words yeah. of the little steam. Um, <laughs> but they're, they're, yeah, it's, just, it's like, a, it's just a different story, but I think that must've taken so much courage to like move away from your, your family and your home and everything that you know, and move up North to be with this new family. And, you know, and she was like, she was always like, honoring of their values but she didn't necessarily embrace them for herself um and i think living in that tension is, is really hard to do um but i look at her now even you know she's she is um probably one of the most authentic people that i know as far as like she just um she wants it to be the real deal and and that's something that's always been important to me whether it's my in my relationship with god and my faith um if it's not, you know, if it's not real, then I don't want it. I want the real thing. Um, and I think that that's something that she's totally passed down to me. And she, you know, she's not afraid to ask the questions, the tough questions and to challenge things. Um, and so I, I really appreciate that about her. She sounds amazing. She is. Yeah, she is. <laughs> you gotta, gotta love having a mom that's supportive and quietly courageous. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And just like, she's, you know, she's not, um, she's not the center of attention, but she doesn't need to be. I think she 
my dad is he's like the a-type personality like hey jazz hands you know he's he's the he's the guy that gets the party started and she kind of she she can be in the shadow sometimes but um but there's such a strength in that and um yeah she's 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 great she's amazing now i know that you have like friends that are doing really amazing things like um female friends what would you say you've kind of learned from watching them grow and succeed as women? Hmm. Um, well, I think like, I think the cool thing about, about my friends that are having other friends that are pursuing dreams around you, whether they're female or male, um, there's just so much to learn from each other and just to be able to compare your, to compare notes with them. Like, I mean, Danny Kreef, who you've had on your podcast, Danny's yeah. a good friend and she, you know, we, she gets it. And so when I'm having a rough day and I'm like, Danny, like, <laughs> this is it, this is, it's over. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> like she gets it and she's been in that spot so many times. And, you know, and so she, she, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times she'll say, she sends all her friends like handwritten notes and, and I have pinned them on my bulletin board my office and I'll look at that stuff and it will be enough to give me just a little lift, you know, to keep going. Um, and so I think that's just so cool. Like we're all on different journeys and we're all chasing different dreams. Um, but at the end of the day, like we're all speaking into each other's lives too. And so I, I just think I have so much respect and admiration for, for my friends like Danny that are just, they're hustling and they're, you know, they're not, they're just doing great work and, and um, it's inspiring to, to men and women. Um, and I think they don't limit themselves. They don't, they know their value, they know their worth and they are not limited to maybe the little like box that society has placed for, for women and creativity and, and at work. So I think that's really exciting to see them just kind of, you know, they just bust out of that and they, and they hustle hard. Oh yeah. And I, I totally agree with you with on the sentiment of Danny. I have been on the receiving end of a text or two <laughs> as well as a male with a, a card in it. And, and I, I agree. I think it doesn't really matter if it's a, a guy or a girl. I think mm -hmm. the, the fact that we can challenge each other and push each other to be better yeah, as friends and, um, and just also believe in one another is, is huge. And I think totally. that's something that Danny definitely uh, exudes. And I know that's something, a quality I see in you as well. And um, a quality that I would probably imagine many of the people in your life would say about you specifically is that you are in their corner and that you are um, pushing them to be better. So thank you. You are yeah, loved so. into that same group, my friend. Um, <laughs> Now, I want to ask, if you were to give advice to someone just starting out in the industry, so whether it be music or any kind of um, creative industry, what would you say would be your, your best piece of advice for them? Um, my best advice would be just do it. Just like people always ask me, like, how do I get started in music? And it's like, you literally throw yourself into the deep end of the water. That's like the best way to learn. Mm -hmm. And the quicker you start, um, the faster you're going to learn the important lessons and, and don't, you know, don't, um, 
put so much pressure on your first recording your, or your first project, your first, you know, I think every time when I was younger, every time I'd release an album or a new single, I thought like, this is it. This is the one, like everything rides on this. If this doesn't work, then I'm screwed. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's just not, it's not healthy and it's not true. And so your best work might be when you're 40. Um, that doesn't mean you stop working towards it, you know? Um, so I'd say like, yeah, you just, just dive in and, and be a sponge and soak up as much as you can and go to, you know, go to events and, and meet people. Like I, the people that I know in Nashville and Los Angeles and you know, around the world are the result of me hopping on a plane and going to events where I didn't feel like I belonged there yet, but I wanted to be a part of that scene. And so I would pay the registration fee and I would, you know, hand out, now I cringe and think about like the press kits that I had and the business cards and I'm like, oh man, so embarrassing. But <laughs> it was like, that's what, if I hadn't done that stuff, I wouldn't have the relationships that I have today. Um, and so, you know, don't despise small beginnings. I think that's a verse and it's so true. I think you have to start somewhere. So you just throw yourself into it and go and do that stuff. Go be in those places, learn from the best people. Um, and... <laughs> I think that's my best advice. I think that's, it's amazing yeah. advice because I think that's uh, don't be paralyzed by not doing anything and indecision and fear and totally just yeah stay paralysis you know, by analysis is the worst. Yeah, you just have to do it and 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 know that it might not be perfect the first time, but that's how you learn. That's how you get better. Yeah, and I want to add on to that. Like usually, I don't offer like all this advice, but you know, I it's it struck something in me. I remember when I was younger and this is something you might not know, Greg, but, um, when my first dream was actually to be a Christian artist, a Christian oh, no singer. Way. Yeah. I yeah. don't know that you knew that about me, but anyways, um, so when I went away to school, which is, you know, back in the nineties, um, yeah. you know, that was the kind of the time that Natalie Grant was coming up and Sandy Patty had just kind of had her heyday and whatever. That yeah. was kind of who I saw. And I think I got to a point in my life where I was really afraid actually to pull the trigger. Yeah. And um, I did a few things like you mentioned, but I didn't do a lot. And I did have some pivotal moments where things happened along the way where I feel like those were like those God moments to shift me mm -hmm. into something that was even more of what I was supposed to do. Um, and music was definitely an avenue in which I was being used and was used for many years as a teacher, as a pastor, um, and doing those things. But I remember at one point in my life looking back and thinking, oh, I wonder if I missed it. Like it didn't happen. And, yeah. um, like I'd had all this, these dreams. And the interesting thing was, is I, I look back and I'm like, I obviously a either didn't want it bad enough because I wasn't mm -hmm. willing to like put myself out there. Yeah. And yet now in my career, I am definitely putting myself out there. So I'm yeah. doing something in this, you know, the kind of the second chapter that I wasn't willing to do in the first, mm -hmm. which is kind of what I wanted to say. Sometimes it's like we get on ourselves about, well, I didn't put it in, but sometimes it, maybe it's not the right timing. It's not the right season. Totally. It's not, yeah. not exactly the right thing. Yeah. And, um, one of the 
I'll just share this story since I'm on a roll and I'm talking now. So might as well just go, might as well just go, go there. Um, I remember being in, in my classroom with um, one of my students who now actually has a, a career of his own music career and he's living in Nashville and he came to play in my classroom and he left um, after practicing for a while and I went over to the piano, I was sitting there and I was playing and I was kind of like a little bit envious to be honest and thinking, you know, I, I really want to be doing this. This is the thing I want to do. I don't want to teach. I want to do. And, um, I remember in that moment, there was this just quietness and I felt the presence of God and I just sensed just these, this thing that I'll never forget in my life. But God said to me in that moment, he said, Andrea, if you will invest into the lives of people, I'll give you a bigger platform than if you would ever do it on your own. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And I will never forget that moment. And it changed everything. It was not the place of like, well, I'll just have a career in music and do it. It'll be if I will invest in others, they'll do it. And then this person will do it. And then this person will do it. And the platform that I wanted to stand on was with a big shine, shining light on me. Yeah. And, uh, and God was like, no, I actually want you to shine the light on other people. Mm -hmm. And that platform that you will be given will be, um, exponentially bigger. Yeah. It changed everything. And, but I want to say to people, because I think a lot of times you feel like, well, this is not working out or should I, you know, close a chapter on this? And maybe, maybe you do close a chapter, but maybe you also, mm -hmm. um, you, you do it in a different way. Yeah, totally. So I, I look at myself now in my early forties and think, you know, what is my career in music over? And, and, um, maybe it is. I mean, I'm still oftentimes hired to do a few things here and there. I feel fortunate to do it. It's great that I get to do yeah. it, but in yeah. the same way, it's like, I love it still. It's still a part of me. It will never not be me. But it won't, but I have come to realize that these things will never define the person I am. They will mm -hmm. only ever, at the end of the day, be things I've done. Yeah, totally. Totally. So really I just, you know, hope, I mean, hope that encourages somebody, maybe in you as well. But I love what you're doing. Like, I think you um, are by far one of my favorite male singers I have ever heard. <laughs> Thank <laughs> um, you. <laughs> I really, I say that in all sincerity and with genuineness, um, you are like a spectacular human being and, um, I feel super fortunate to have met you and even the, the very few times that you come into town and we get to cross paths just, um, is so encouraging to me. So I, I wish you all the best on your journey, especially with what's coming up. And before we, we go, can you just tell everyone like, where can people, connect with you and and then maybe just tell us a little bit about the tour and maybe how they can um find out about that yeah totally thank you um well you can find me on instagram that's usually where i spend the most time on all the social media platforms uh my name is just sabel s-e-b-e-l-l -L. and if you want to hear about the tour and about the new music i mean you can hear the music on spotify itunes all that good stuff google play um just under my name sabel and then uh, the website is sabellmusic.com and that will have all the info for the tour and for the album release. So, and when do you actually go on the road with the tour? 
The tour starts February 2nd. Okay. So probably by the time this actually gets broadcast, we'll be in the beginning of the new year. So will they cool. be able to get tickets around then? Yeah, they will be. Yes. Awesome. So wherever you are, if you are now, where are you going to be touring? Just so people will know. Um, all across Canada. And then we are potentially dipping down into the U.S. as well. We're looking into some dates in, in the U.S. too. So, uh, but it will be a pretty much coast to coast tour in Canada. <laughs> so Awesome. Well, I can't wait. I will definitely be buying my ticket as soon as they go on sale. So perfect. <laughs> Greg, thank you so, so very much. I appreciate you being on the Courage Cast today. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. I had such a great time chatting with Greg. Now, I'm not sure about you guys, but I think I may need to have a few more male guests on the podcast. I so appreciated Greg's ability to be completely vulnerable and share what it's really like to live the life of a professional musician. And we don't hear it very often. So if you are looking to connect with Greg or to find out when and where he is touring, then you can head over to thecouragecast.com and you will find all the details of how you can connect with Greg. Until next time, remember, you have everything you need to live bravely. If you like this episode of The Courage Cast, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. The Courage Cast is produced by Stephen Crilly.